This is Fred Rachani. We have right here on the line a very special guest. He's an actor. You may have just seen him in Netflix's smash hit Squid Game as VIP number two. We're talking to Daniel C. Kennedy on a 14-hour time difference all the way in lovely Seoul, South Korea. Daniel, thank you so much for the time. How's everything going? It's great. It's great. A little tired, but, you know, that's the, that's the life. Mild spoiler alert for anybody watching or listening to this, so <laughs> let's dive in. How did you get involved with Squid Game? Um, I knew an agent who knew somebody and it's all about who, you know, over here, uh, cause the jobs get split up among the agents and she asked me to self tape and they asked me to do the self tape on my phone at home, a scene where I, the, the scene where VIP four tries to take the waiter for some private fun. And <laughs> so, uh, all I knew of it was that a guy trying to get a BJ from a waiter <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So I filmed that, and then a couple of weeks later, I was told that I was cast as one of the VIPs. I didn't think I was going to get that one because the script said that I remove my robe, and the line in the script says, and reveals his old saggy butt. And <laughs> those are the actual words in the script. And I was like, hmm, I don't know <laughs> the work on my butt a little bit. It's not that saggy, but um, when I was told I didn't get that part exactly, I wasn't surprised, but... I was surprised and delighted to learn that I was part of a crew. So that's how that's how I got started. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you mentioned self-taping. I've interviewed a lot of actors who have said they've had to do a lot of self-tapes lately, especially with the pandemic and everything. Yeah. So has this been kind of like a regular thing for you over the last couple of years? Yeah. I mean, Korea was really had their shit together when COVID hit and um, a lot of work continued here. I mean, I mean, Squid Game was made during COVID, right? So uh, it made it a hit show when everybody else was kind of shutting down. And this the self-taping was a new thing for me. Uh, it was a, It's a learning process. And I, I think I'm getting a little bit better at it because it's a whole different beast than actually going into a room and auditioning face-to-face. -face. And uh, sad but true, if you can do technical things like with your phone or with editing equipment, et cetera, to showcase yourself even better, uh, then that gets you noticed. And I think that helped a lot with me. And, I, and it's also something that I'm continuing to learn more about. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's added a whole new dimension to the industry as, as far as I know it here in Korea. It's kind of crazy with the scenes that you were a part of and everything. So during that whole quote unquote game where they're walking that whole, I guess, bridge with the plexiglass and it goes through, I mean, was that was that filmed at the same time as you guys, the VIPs, were, were, sit, were sitting down, or was it kind of a separate scenes? No, we had no idea. I mean, I, I knew somewhat that there was going to be a bridge and that people were falling off of it, but we didn't really know. They didn't tell us. And I know that our scenes were the last ones that they filmed. I read a, a BuzzFeed article full of factoids about the show, and, and one of the factoids was it finished filming in November of that year. And I was like, no, it did not. <laughs> we, <laughs> we started filming in December our scenes, and... I know uh, the very last scene we filmed, they were telling us, was the very last thing that they were filming for the whole show. And it was a shot of all of us turning after the very last game uh, when the final two are fighting. Um, and we all turn and discuss who won and discuss who bet on them, and no one did. And then my line, well, I got the last line, and it was, I can't wait for next year. So it was like a clear nod to season two. But they didn't put that in the show. So... That was why I was like, oh, maybe they decided not to do a season two. But I just actually read that the director confirmed they're going to be doing a season two. So, you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> Did you kind of understand the grand scope of the whole plot or was it more just like contained to your particular role? 
The plot, no. Uh, we had no clue about the rest of the show. Uh, so we had to sort of suss out what the show was going to be like based on our own experience, which is why when I watched the show, I was shocked by the the weird tonal difference between the Korean half and ours. Because when we got there, the set, you know, it's huge, it's colorful. They they were nonstop pumping um, the the fog in the room just constantly, just never never stopping with the fog. And uh, I was like, wow, this is like a weird, twisted, Seussian nightmare. But the, you know, the lines were all very uh, frat boyish, 69 jokes. And so in my head, I was like, this is going to be some sort of uh, broad comedy, kind of weird, nightmarish, uh, goofy show. But (laughs) I mean, it was nightmarish, but the rest of the stuff didn't, it it wasn't what I was expecting. But I did know it was going to be huge because the set itself was massive and <laughs> when they told us they're like you each are going to get two naked people who are painted up and and they you will be using them as furniture i was like Ugh. <laughs> and i have um a female that was just standing there but the guy they wanted me to prop my feet up on him and so <laughs> before every take i'd be like sorry sorry put my foot up on it <laughs> stick my feet on this na- poor naked man <laughs> <laughs> But that was one of the things that I was like, wow, this is definitely uh, much grander in scope than I was expecting. That's crazy. And and as far as with how the show has exploded, I mean, how has your life changed? I saw you obviously got more of a social media following. You kind of hinted how the phone's been ringing a a little bit more. How's it changed since it dropped on Netflix? Um, (laughs) A lot more interviews. Um, (laughs) uh, It's mostly been, uh, you know, I was already kind of busy beforehand. I was building up my presence and and doing the marketing on my own. Um, it's increased a lot of my visibility, which has been good, but it's also, uh, there's so much to weed through. People just want to be a part of it, uh, of, you know, I guess, I guess my, I, I did recently get, uh, I booked, a booked a gig in the States for a TV show, a sci-fi series. That's a pretty big deal. I'm pretty sure that wouldn't have happened without the visibility provided by Squid Game. Um, that'll be filming in Atlanta. So that's a pretty awesome uh, coup for me. But other than that, and the large number of uh, strange women calling me daddy on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't, I mean, I, and I can't imagine what the, the actual stars of the show are, are, what's going on with them. Some of them gained millions of followers overnight. So uh, my life itself has gotten very busy and hectic as a result. So I can't even imagine what they're going through. You have a very unique story. We're talking a little bit off the air. You've been in Seoul, South Korea now for roughly 16 years. And normally you hear about actors coming from another country to America in order to get into film and TV. Sounds like you kind of did the opposite. So let's take it back a notch or two. How did acting come into your life? Well, I was always in in college. I majored in English and theater and uh, acting was always a dream, but writing was always my first love. And uh I was teaching English in the States, in uh, New Mexico, uh, to Spanish speakers. And after a short stint in the army that kind of devastated my morale a little bit, a friend of mine told me I should just come to Korea and teach uh, English to Koreans. And it's turned out to be more like glorified babysitting, which was not enjoyable. Uh, But my theater background uh, got me some ins into some TV shows. And from there, it just sort of snowballed. And I also do a ton of uh, voice acting. That's really what the, my bread and butter was for many, many years, was voice acting for 
education, commercials, video games, that sort of thing. And then uh, little bits here and there and movies and TV shows and Squid Game, when it took off uh, as a result of Netflix's uh, distribution deal to the whole world, right? Uh, that really <laughs> made things skyrocket a lot. And it's weirdly not so much in the States, though. I've got... A, Brazilian fan club, an Iranian fan club, <laughs> but not a lot of the Americans. <laughs> well, well, hopefully that'll change. Congrats on, on that sci-fi series gig. That's, that's a, a pretty cool coup for you, for sure. And Thanks. I'd imagine going from the States, where did you, by the way, where'd you grow up in the States? I was born and raised in Missouri. I'm a country boy, okay. right above See, the Mason-Dixon line. All right. So country boy, to go from there to Seoul, South Korea, I mean, I'd imagine a, a bit of a culture shock. So how long did it yeah. take you to get adjusted to the country and then eventually the industry itself? Oh, man. Uh, the country, <laughs> I guess it took me a while because uh, for the first bit, uh, I was, you know, kind of removed from the country. The, the teaching gig kind of insulates you a little bit from the real country itself. Um, the industry, I guess I'm still getting used to, man. There's so much that goes on. Uh, it's so much about who you know, and you're always meeting new people. And uh, it's about forging relationships. And, and also every job is different. And uh, so I, I'm grateful for the work because it's allowed me to see more of the country and it's allowed me to experience more. Uh, but I, I would say I'm still not used to the country or the industry. And I, I don't think I'll ever will, ever will be. I don't want to be. I think it's great to to find newness every day and everything. So, Are you bilingual? Well, I mean, a, a tad. I... I <laughs> Only recently did I start trying to learn Korean in, in earnest, so I, it's not nearly as good as I wish it was. But uh, you kind of have to be a little bit in order to get by here, but not nearly as much as I should, I guess. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was, of course, highlighted in, in Squid Game, which was kind of subtle but not so subtle, is the economic disparity, right? And I think a lot of yeah. people could relate to that, like not just in South Korea, but worldwide, of course, especially in the States with everything going on. As somebody that's lived in Seoul for quite a while now, would you say that that's sort of an obviously an extreme portrayal, but one that kind of highlights the economic disparity in Seoul? Yeah, well, I mean, all, all over, right? I yeah. think that's one of the reasons why it took off so strong, because uh, the the whole aspect of the show itself appeals so much to something that is ubiquitous, and no matter where you're at. I mean, every country has different cultural notes and things that people respond to. But everywhere, people are growing up as kids, and kids are being taught with primary colors and all those bright shapes and kids' games, and that's all in there. And, and everywhere, there are people struggling to make ends meet and feeling desperate in their circumstances, and that's in the show. And I think that's kind of what he was touching in. Korea definitely has that in, in, in spades, just like the States and just like every other country. So I don't know that... I, I know that he was... You know, the director was was focusing a lot on Korea, but I think he touched into something that's universal. Random rapid fire round. What's your favorite late night snack? Oh, uh, hot buttery popcorn. It's got to be real buttery, though. Were you a movie goer as a kid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So much. So much. Couldn't stop. What's your all time favorite movie? Cabin in the Woods. Horror film. Love it. All time favorite actor. Alan Rickman. You hinted that uh, you have uh, a lot of fans who find you quite attractive. And 
browsing through your Instagram, my friend. You are a, a pretty jacked dude, so I got to ask you, what's right. your workout regimen like? I usually am up at 6 a.m. I'm at the gym by 7, and I'm usually home by 10. Uh, I, I'm grateful that I'm in an industry and a career level with my career where I can spend three hours a day at the gym. Not everyone can. Uh, but, you know, that's on a good day. <laughs> Sometimes the job doesn't allow me to do that. Sometimes I have to be up super early. So my gym routine is also as... Uh, as sporadic and unstable as my my bookings voiceover work was your bread and butter for a while is there any particular voiceover work that you're really proud of that's an interesting way to put it i like doing it and i i I guess there's a couple of commercials that i've done because you you learn something new every time and it's when you're first starting out it's hard not to be artificial with the way you talk and you're hearing yourself back and I, i think i really started to be proud i did a samsung spot that was global and they, we were struggling. I was with a client and they were like, no, it's too, you know, they don't know how to phrase it right. They're like, it's too announcery. Now it's too dark. And now it's too, they're like, make it cooler. And you don't even know what they want. And I was like, what kind of, what kind of attitude do you want me to have? And they're like, just, just like you're talking to a friend. I was like, okay. So I took the headphones off. I was like, let me just, I don't even want to hear myself. And I just closed my eyes and acted like I was talking to a friend. And then they all stood up and clapped. That was a very fun moment. And the, the end result was nice. Uh, it, it was it was a learning experience for me. But I also love doing all the video games. I really love doing the motion captures. A ton of fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I come all over the place with that. No, no, it's all good. All good. We, we love video games here. We what, yeah. what, Part of our name is CSC Gaming. So what video games have you worked on? Are there any that we can play right now on any of the current consoles we could check out? Um, I know I've done quite a few for NCSoft's Guild Wars. Um, I go into there maybe every three or four months and do another cutscene. I guess they're constantly adding to it. I'm not actually a big game player myself, so excuse me. When I first started doing this and was doing games, most of them were mobile apps. And I, I, this was when I was just getting started, and it sort of felt like a fluke to me. So I wasn't keeping track, really. And now I'm assiduous about it, making sure I, I keep track of every job I do. But in the, I, I've done dozens of games without actually stopping and being like, what is this for? <laughs> it's just <laughs> fun to be able to get on there. And they're like, do this. And I, I end up doing all of the um, dark, evil creatures because I've got a deep voice and a lot of uh, a lot of resonance, like that sort of thing. And that, those are the fun ones to do. So those are very... Those are very um, satisfying what's the biggest do and what's the biggest don't as an actor the biggest do is stay observant and uh uh, what's the adaptable being observant and adaptable is a huge need in this industry because like i said every every job is different and uh you need to be on your toes all the time don't uh i would say don't burn bridges especially with relationships the it's so much about uh, those tenuous, fragile connections you make with people, you never know when that's going to lead to something. In fact, actually, Squid Game was gotten to me... Okay, so Korea had a, sh- a movie called uh, Space Sweepers, and I wasn't in that, but um, I knew that there was... Um, they, they needed voiceover for it, some uh, announcers and stuff. And so an agent contacted me and another voice actor in, in, in Korea. And she was asking me if I could, we could both come in. I was like, sure. So I heard through the grapevine that this other voice actor was giving her a lot of about uh, contracts, wanting to make sure a lot of stuff was in writing. And um, I was more congenial and uh, amenable to their their lack of paperwork, I guess, when it came to it. 
And then she was the one after that, after that meeting, she was, had such a bad experience with this other voice actor. And she was like, I think I'll just stick with you from the future. I was like, sure. She was the one I didn't hear from her for two months later, uh, two months later, she's the one who asked me to audition for squid game. So I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have gotten that request if I hadn't, you know, taken the, the opportunity and gone out of my way to try and even just a tiny little bit of friendliness and, and warmth can snowball into something like what I'm at right now. Are you shocked that you guys got so much mileage out of 169 joke? <laughs> Did we get a lot of mileage out of it? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, when we were doing it, I was like, this is a little much. And the director was asking for a lot of ad-libs. I think I came up with at least four of them on there on the set, at least four of those lines I wrote. And one of them was, I was like, can I can I distance myself from this guy? Because I'm asking about backstory. I was like, do we all know each other? And he's like, no, 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 only you and VIP one know each other. And I was like, okay, so I can act like I don't know this guy who keeps talking about 69. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came up with that ad lib in one of the scenes. I was like, how do you know this guy? And uh, <laughs> that was fun, being able to 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 come up with with those lines to try and sort of <laughs> pad a little bit out the the the, the bedroom humor. <laughs> <laughs> I saw on IG that apparently you guys got some heat, and I, that boggles my mind. I mean, it's, you guys were literally like the com, like the dark comic comedy relief, like in that show. Did you really get yeah. black for that? That's ridiculous. Uh, some people hated us. Yeah, they thought we ruined. They they thought we ruined the show. I, I read a couple of reviews talking about how because the the episode right before us is a super intense and super emotional. Uh, there's a bunch of one on one moments where characters' <laughs> relationships happen, and there's devastating moments. And then we come on, and we're just crass, bold, brassy, <laughs> making sex jokes. And I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but. In my experience, it was mainly the English-speaking audiences that it rubbed the wrong way. And I think it was in part because uh, the director was clearly, you know, kind of mocking that sort of personality. And that was his way of, like, maybe satirizing the English-speaking audience. But maybe that's just my <laughs> – I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it kind of fit the characters, right? I mean, these are really rich dudes from overseas, presumably Americans, who are invested in the exploitation of these poor people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you have any upcoming projects coming up? Do you like us to know about? Yeah, there's. Uh, I was. I just finished uh, doing a, another Netflix show called Suriname. That should be coming out soon. I'm not sure when exactly. Um, I was in a movie called The Moon. That should be released soon, too. Uh, I'm going to be doing... I'm, I'm currently filming a Disney Plus show called Moving. It's about superheroes. I've got a fairly significant part in that, you know, relatively speaking. Congrats. Thanks, yeah. And uh, like I said, the, the sci-fi series that's filming in the States and Atlanta, it's called Blight. But uh, that's not going to be... Post-production on that isn't until 2023, so... Very busy man. Really happy for your success. So is everything other than the sci-fi series in Atlanta, is everything filmed in Seoul or are you going back and forth between the States or North America or wherever? Just Seoul for me uh, so far. Um, it's it's done me good. <laughs> it's been nice to me. <laughs> and we'll get you out of here on a high note. What's the best piece of advice you give for success? For success? <laughs> um... I guess the, I know a lot of people are like don't listen to the haters, and I think for me, it's been about learning how to listen to the haters. You know, because the haters aren't always wrong, right? There's stuff that you and I both hate that we know 
deserves a little bit of hate. <laughs> and, um, you can't grow and improve if every time criticisms are leveled your way, you just immediately ignore them. So I think the real skill is learning how to listen to the hate without letting it affect you emotionally and then learning how to filter it, you know, to, to be like, what, what is legit about this? I mean, even if it's coming at you in a horrible, awful way and, and it's harsh and mean, you can filter out all that emotion and get to the kernel of what they're saying and ask yourself, is this legit? And learn from that, then it just makes you stronger. Bonus question. What does the C in Daniel C. Kennedy stand for? Curtis. Right. Stands for courteous one. <laughs> I, I dig it. And, and is the lack of a period in the C deliberate? Oh, no, I guess I, it's, lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's laziness. Hey, it, hey, it, it stands out. Well, Daniel, we thank <laughs> Well, Daniel, we thank you so much for your time. I know it's late in Seoul, but I love talking about your journey and everything going on with your Thanks. career and everything. Where can fans find you online? I'm on Instagram, Daniel C. Kennedy. Um, yeah, check me out there.